Welcome to the Amy Williams Show. I am your host, Amy Williams, and this is season two. I'm so excited. And here I'm all about motivating and encouraging strong Christian businesswomen. I want you to know that whatever you may be facing in your life, you're not alone. Successes and failures are shared here, and not just by me, but by incredible guest speakers as well. So glad you found this podcast. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Amy Williams show. I'm your host, Amy Williams. And today's super amazing special featured guest is Anisha. And she is a passionate marketing consultant and strategist with over 15 years of experience. And since 2009, working with global, regional, local brands and startups alike. She started out her career at Arc Worldwide and had leading roles and had teams with expertise in PR activation, events, creative and strategy, sales, overall marketing strategy, and customer journey optimization. She's a true believer in helping businesses deliver a lean, seamless customer journey that draws win-win situations for both the buyer and the seller. So today we have Anisha. Hi, Anisha. How are you? Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm that was good. a big intro. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh man, but your qualifications are just, I mean, they, they need to be shared. They're amazing. You're <laughs> cute. Yes. So I know a little bit about you, but tell us where you live. I think that for me is pretty cool. Okay. So I'm, I'm sitting in Bangkok, Thailand right now. Um, I live here and I've been, well, I moved around a little bit, uh, but I've been back here since 2005. And you guys are in a total lockdown right now where we are not. We are in a total lockdown right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, when you think it's done and you're like, oh, just kidding. Here we go again. Oh, yeah. Well, we've had a few of those. Yes. Well, I'm going to be praying for you guys that, you know, we can come out of this and that the numbers go down. Um, so everybody can get back to living the good life. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I <laughs> honestly, it's, it's summertime. So the thought of going into complete lockdown again, kind of like makes me really filled with anxiety and I don't want any part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, hopefully it won't, it won't, uh, it won't be for too long. Like I'm, no offense, sure we'll I know you're in it right now, so that doesn't help you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay for us. It's rainy season. I'm not too worried about being outside right now. <laughs> so, I girl, we're in Michigan. I have like three months of summer, and the rest of it's like <laughs> me. So, aren't you yeah. glad you're outside? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, shut me down in January. It's freezing anyway, so. <laughs> Okay. Enough about the weather. I am pumped. I'm going to drill you with a whole bunch of questions. Um, we're going to be talking today about strategy for building a lucrative sales funnel. And I am geeked about this. I have so many things to learn and, uh, I want you to start basically just like, how did you get started in this becoming your area of expertise? Okay, so so to be honest with you, um, and I think you, you mentioned this earlier in the intro already. I, since two thousand five, um, which is when I was at Arc and Leo Burnett, 
um, I started working in marketing and advertising since then. And, um, you know, I was working in PR, I was working events, but the funny thing is I spent all my time with the strategy people downstairs because I thought it was so interesting. And I just mm. fell in love with it. Um, and for me, it's kind of the thought of creating that communication. So, so when you come across an entrepreneur or a business that's, that really has something to offer, I believe that a marketer's job is to take that passion and communicate it so that they can give that value to the, their target market, right? That's a marketer's job. So, so when I come across an entrepreneur or a business, or, you know, or, or, or even um, a product development team that's really passionate about what they do, it's, it's our job to create that communication so that, that they can pass on that value to, to who they want to give it to, right? And then, yeah. and then it's strategizing in how to bring that about because you can't do it um, just, just outright sometimes. You have to build them up to it too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like getting, getting somebody to understand something like an iPhone or, 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 you know, AirPods or, you know, the headphones that you're using or you, you have to build yeah. them up to it. Right. Yeah. And people can only receive that value that they can get out of a product or a service in full if they understand it. How do you communicate it? So it's fun and it's exciting. So getting back to your question, I've worked every single facet of of marketing and advertising, I think. And, and for me, my favorite part was the strategizing and overseeing that entire process from somebody not knowing exactly who you are, what you do, to getting them to notice you, right? To building a relationship and then all the way from getting them to kind of fall in love with you and even advocate for you or even talking to their friends about you. For mm. me, marketing is very much like, like, like when you're creating a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. You see somebody you like, you're trying to find a way to talk to them. You know what I mean? It's very much like that. Building it up all the way to, to the point where they want to tell their friends about you. Yeah. Right? And I always like to use that metaphor because I think that way people kind of understand it a little I've bit never more. heard that metaphor. And I'm just over here going, why does it sound so simple? <laughs> makes so much sense. <laughs> it's dating. Marketing yes. is like dating. It is. It's like dating. And once you yeah. figure it out that way, it it's fun for the person who's strategizing it too, because it turns into like a, it's almost like a game, right? Yeah. The, the it doesn't have to be stressful. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's totally like dating. <laughs> so are you going to be so, our dating coach or our marketing coach? <laughs> marketing coach. So, so in 2009, um, I, I opened up my, my, my marketing, uh, consultancy awesome. and uh, I've been, been doing it ever since. So when you, when you're talking about that, that whole strategy, you have, uh, a post on your Instagram of this giant whiteboard and a bunch of writing all over it. Is that, <laughs> is that you in like your zone? That's you. That's me in my zone. That's that's my favorite that. place to be. It, it's me plotting and planning. I love it. That's my favorite part. <laughs> I, have, I like, I'm, I, I have so many questions. I can't, okay. So when you sure, started in 2009, <laughs> I mean like they're, they're, I'm probably never going to get them all out. You started in 2009. I'm sure you've had some bumps along the road, figuring out your things and your, your where you are now. 
but have you ever had a client that you're like, we've, we've sat here, we've spent hours, we've done all the strategizing, all the planning, and they don't do the follow through. Have you ever had that? Of course. How did you handle that? And I have, I have so many times. You see, the thing is, it depends on the client. Usually it, it, it also depends. There's two types, right? Mm-hmm. One is if they're an entrepreneur and they really believe in what they're doing and they're just stubborn and they think this is it, this is the way, right? Or yeah. secondly, if it's a corporation and, you know, there's, when, when you look at it, it's, it's like the top executives sometimes are really passionate about what they're doing, but the culture in the organization um, sometimes isn't, it, it, that passion doesn't, doesn't drift down into the organization and they're just gotcha. working day to day. Yeah. And when that passion is not passed down and it's not in the culture, it's really hard to get people to execute passionately. So then what do you, like, how do you handle that? Like, if you're like, okay. man, if only you need to there's, there, Yeah. There's two ways. There's two ways I handle it. Right. One, yeah. if it's, if they're just stubborn, the one thing that I, I always explain to clients is there's no right way. If you want to really do well in your marketing, you have to be open to experimentation and you have to be agile and you have to be quick on your feet. And the most important thing is you have to track it. <laughs> you have to track it and understand what's working and what's not. That so doesn't sound fun, right? No. But it can be. <laughs> but I think it's mindset too. You have to play it like a game. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to notice the little things of what's working and what's not and play it like a game. Sometimes I feel like, especially when they're entrepreneurs, they're very fixed on a way. And every time something doesn't work, they feel like they've failed. So I have to shift that mindset first Mm -hmm. that, Hey, your marketing and your strategy, it's, it's, you have to look at it as the more you experiment, the more you're going to get a handle on it. It's, it's kind of like flying a plane. When you fly a plane, if, if you, if you, if you read up about this, they never fly straight to the destination because there's wind. Mm. So you're constantly adjusting to get to your destination. It's the same thing. Never thought about it that way. That's a great, another, look at you, dating, airplanes, (laughs) where are we going? (laughs) Where are we going, right? Where are we going, yeah. Well, you're going nowhere, but you know, soon. (laughs) For now, for now, (laughs) for now. Temporary. Um, And and if if it's a team that just hasn't, if it's a corporate structure where they're not too passionate about what they're doing yet, or they're not executing, you have to look at some, you have to look at why that's happening. Sometimes it's the culture. Sometimes they've got their own beliefs. Sometimes they've got certain things that they want to, they believe in and they want to get their hands dirty and you have to let them test it until they feel like they're convinced whether what they're doing is working or not working. Um, so a lot of it is, is um, relationship management too. Yeah. Because like it's, it. Sometimes you have to look at the source of why they're not doing what, what, what they should be doing. Mm. I think that's so interesting because it doesn't, I feel like no matter who I talk to, no matter who gets on here as a guest or just in real life conversations, that's not podcasts, but I feel like as a whole, 
like no matter what people are all struggling with something and nobody's being honest about it. So for you to say, oh yeah, I've had lots of those clients. Of course I've had those clients. Like, I feel like there's like this idea that, okay, because you're this marketing guru and you know what to do, that people are just going to go, yes, I'm going to do exactly what you say, especially if they're paying you that they're really going to listen to you. And it's funny that that's just not the case. So if someone's listening, like, oh, I'm not the only one that client. No, no, (laughs) that's reality. And, and the, the thing is that I think people have to keep in mind is whether it's a B2B, like for me, it's like, I'm a consultant or whether it's a B2C, like you're selling a product, whatever the case, you have to understand that the person on the other side is still human. Mm -hmm. And whether you're selling a B2B product or a B2C product, you have to understand that the person receiving it is human. They've got their own struggles. And if you understand what they're struggling with, where you can relate to that and you can help that, then you know how to talk to them. And this comes to my first point is sometimes people are trying to talk to everybody and that's why it Uh doesn't work. When you're trying to market to everybody and you're trying to talk to everybody, it's not going to work because you're not talking to anybody. Uh, That's one of my very first points with podcasting too the more niche down you can get the better, because if I, I know I did that in the beginning, when I first launched, um, mm-hmm. season one, I was like, we're talking, I mean, and I think I even have it in like every intro. It's like, we're going to talk all things, life, love, God, and business. And like, it just, I wanted to talk to every woman. I, like that was my niche. Like I'm talking to women. <laughs> No, it was, I'm going to talk to Christian women. We're going to talk about faith. Like it was just, just like, and looking back, like I thought that was, you know, narrowed down and now I'm like, well, that was not at all. You live and you learn. Like you said, you, you'll find your way in your airplane wind trip. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's always hardest when, when you do it yourself. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I can market everybody, but I suffer. Like it's hardest for me to market myself because you can't envision yourself that way. It's, it's almost like, you know, athletes need a coach. You're, you're better. You're the, the athlete is much better than what they're doing, but you can't see yourself. Mm. Sometimes you need like another eye. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Cause that, there's times where I'll look at somebody on Instagram and I'm like, how do they just do that? I can do that. Like that doesn't look hard. They're just talking about their day. Like, why can't I do that? Or, you know, whatever it is, you're right. It's because I don't see myself in that lens. I'm seeing them in that lens. I can, I can tell anybody how to start a podcast. I can, I'm like, oh, you would have a killer podcast. People would be flocking <laughs> to it. Uh, especially in my zone. I'm like, help me with a funnel. You know, uh, I'm telling you, like, I can sit here and tell you all day long. Here's what you got to do to do your podcast, this and this and this. Um, so you're probably like, yeah, Amy, I can tell you how to do a, a funnel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, you know, here we, we can are. have a longer conversation later. <laughs> yes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. So let's get, you got tip number one out there. I didn't even ask. So you earlier, you said three tips, um, that you do. So let's dive into the funnel making. Let's get to it. Okay. So, so let me, let me just elaborate. Um, yeah. the one thing that I discovered after you know, being in this industry for a while is most businesses leave thousands or or tens of thousands of dollars on the table every year. 
without even knowing. Mm -mm. Reason being, they don't have a solid lead conversion funnel in place. And what I found is it breaks down to three things or three parts. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got my notes out. I'm the ready. First part. <laughs> and, and you know what? The, the one thing I discovered is if you can close the leaks in these three things, you, you're, you're well on your way there. And you can even create something that's automated that can convert for you constantly. And it can bring in quality leads. Mm. Sometimes you get a lot of leads. They're not quality. What's the point? You're wasting right. your time. Yeah. And your time is much more valuable. And you're spending money trying to get those leads in. Mm -hmm. So it's just going out the window, yeah. right? Yep. So the first thing, I know you're waiting. I see you out with your pen and your paper. <laughs> the first thing is- I can't help it. You have to target, target the right audience. This is key. Okay. I see a lot of people targeting everybody. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, you have to understand that, and, and, and there's research out on this. It's anywhere from three to 10% of people that you actually market to that will actually be ready to buy from you, which means 90%. Yeah. Which means 90%. I saw this research somewhere, 90% of the, your money that's going out whether it's ads, whether it's your energy, whether it's anything else that's going out, 90% of that is going down the river. If you're not targeting the right people. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. So Especially if, if you go down you, to the 3% versus the 10%. Yeah. So the key is, listen, I understand big business. You have to separate big companies from small companies. Not everybody has the money like big brands just to create awareness. Right. You want sales. Right. So the key is you have to find that target market that's most lucrative to you and then target them first. You will get to everybody else. Eventually. Eventually. But you have to be you have to be patient sometimes if you want your ROI to be higher. Yeah. And put your money where you're going to get the most return. Right. So, I mean, it's very, very simple. If you target the right people, every dollar you're investing will be much more effective. Number one. Number Love two, it. if you target the right group, you can be speaking directly to them, which means you know what they want, you know what their pain points are, you can get straight into their hearts and minds without being general about it. You can tell them exactly how you can serve them because you're talking to a specific group. It's easier to communicate because you will understand clearly how to access them. Right. I'll, I'll give you mm -hmm. a very simple example. If you're trying to target all women. <laughs> Why are you calling me out? <laughs> <laughs> all women are not in the same stage of life. No, they're not going not through all. the same thing at the same nope. stage. Nope. But if you're targeting women who are entrepreneurs in a certain size business, their struggles are going to be really similar, which means Everything you say can access them straight in their hearts and their minds. You know what they're thinking. Yeah. I'll give you a really, another really simple example. For example, let's say, what phone do you use? I use an Android. Most, most people who are using um, either an Android or an iPhone, a lot of times, if we're talking about social media culture, the yeah. camera is important to you, right? Yes. 
Um, our whole phone but, situation is a little complicated, but we'll just keep going. Okay. Yep. Okay. But my point is, if I start talking to you about tech specs, and you're somebody who likes to take photos, you're not going to get it. But if I nope. show you the difference, if I show you the difference between a photo from another phone and a photo from a phone I'm trying to sell, and yeah. it shows you that this photo is much clearer, the colors are more vivid, you look better, your skin looks better, mm -hmm. you're probably going to want to buy it. Absolutely. I'm just changing the way of communication to match my target market. That's mm -hmm. all I'm doing. I'm changing yeah. the story. But I have to pick my group first to know who I'm talking to. Yes. Right? So yeah. it's, it's really that simple. So if I had one suggestion, I would just tell you to pick one, one, two or three groups that you think would be the most lucrative and would get the most value out of what you have to offer and market to them first. That's it. You don't have to focus on everybody. I think though, I would have to tell you when I first started, I think the, the idea behind that was, um, I didn't want to leave anyone out. I totally and I think that's what a lot of people feel like, Oh, you know, I want to talk about, let's just say we're going to do a sports podcast. I want to talk about sports. Okay. What sports? sports, you know, yeah, talking about exactly. all the sports, you know, it's the same concept. Like, yeah. If you, if you can build your audience, it's, it's the exact same concept, build your audience around this basketball sport. And then once you've built this, then you can branch out and do more and, you know, but get your loyalty, get your fans and your audience and your followers first, then go, I did it backwards. You know, Hey, that's just apparently the way yeah. I do things. <laughs> I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'll be honest with you. I still get that feeling when I'm creating a campaign. I think it's human nature. Yeah. Because every person you lose out is a, is a, is a dollar missed. Yeah. So yeah. You have that psychological feeling of, of you don't want to lose this group and you don't want to lose this group. And what if these guys want to buy mm -hmm. from me? It's completely psychological. Yeah. Right. Oh, absolutely. It, absolutely. You, 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 right. You can't look at the human behavior of just your clients. You have to notice yourself too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. But I think it's, I think it's fair to say that everything you've said and tiny little bit of what I said was like making sure it's the right audience. Absolutely. How do you know you're hitting the right audience and not the wrong audience? I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think you have okay. to take a look at who would get the most value out of what you have to offer. Right. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you an example, right? Um, let's say, tell me a product yeah. and I'll, I'll come up with something. Water bottles. Cause we both, we both have okay. water bottles. All right. Mine has a okay, straw. Great. You have a, you have a straw. <laughs> I have a straw. <laughs> water bottles. Right. One. Yeah. It depends on the type of water bottle. And what, where that water bottle and which group that water bottle would be, would be most valuable to. For example, mm -hmm. if you've got a massive water bottle, you want to target people who are focused on health and want to focus on drinking more water. You might talk about that, but, it, but you have to niche it down too. For example, are you targeting people who want to increase their metabolism? First, mm -hmm. are you targeting people who want better skin first? Where do you think 
the where you think right. a higher percentage of people would be interested in that mm-hmm. would probably be the ones that would be would want to increase their metabolism or want yes. better health and go that route. God, I see what you're saying. Because right, if you target um, it, like school kids, college kids, people who go to the gym, you know, target everybody. It's like, yeah, you're all over lost. the place. Yeah. All right. We got one and we so got just two. Down. Yes. But you got one. <laughs> you got two. The second one, you want me to, you want me to yeah. keep going? Okay. I put two, <laughs> you can speak directly to them. Okay. Is that not two? The second one is, um, is the first one was pick the right target market. Yeah. Right. The most lucrative target market. The second one is always be steps ahead, not just one step ahead, but steps ahead. Right. A lot of the, a lot of campaigns I've seen or a lot of clients that I've worked with and I completely get it. They only think one step ahead, which Mm -hmm. means if you're doing a campaign, let's say you're doing a Facebook ad campaign online. And you're only looking for leads. They're not thinking about where those leads are going, what they're going to do with them next, how they're going to convert them into sales. What is that first first offer you're going to give them to take them through the funnel? Mm -hmm. Once they become a client, how are you going to nurture them? How are you going to take them to like the next sale? How are you going to upsell them? Where do you start? You're only, you know, right. a lot of people only think about, okay, let's get the leads in and we'll see what to do next. And then just convert them right away. And then what? Then they drop. Yeah. Then they drop. Yeah. So my question is, if you're working so hard to get these leads in, you might as well take them through the funnel, right? But yeah. Sometimes we're so focused on one step at a time. Well, let's worry about that later. To me, that's effort lost. And it's clients lost and it's money lost. Absolutely. Because you're not closing the gaps. Mm-hmm. So that funnel is extremely important to think about and to strategize even before you start. Because once you're holding their, their hand, how are you going to take them through? I told you it's very much like dating. <laughs> it is. Though. You went on a first date. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Right. So, so, I mean, these things are, these things are important. My point is you always kind of have to think, okay, then what, what next you get them in what next. And, and as you're getting them in, what are you monitoring so that you know that it works or it's not working? What are the points that you have to watch out for? you got to go back to that. This is where I feel like you go right over my head because everything I've done so far, like even just the, like the MailChimp stuff, like it's so over my head for some mm-hmm. reason. <laughs> and then you got, you know, mm-hmm. open rates and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, it's just, yeah. Anyway. Okay. That's just me. That's so, just- so since you, since you asked about that, I will give you a, I'll give you a hint on how to make it work. Okay. Okay. Ask yourself what is what it is your end goal is, and in each step, what are you looking for? Mm. You don't want to look at it like dating. Fine, look at it as like an obstacle course. <laughs> in each course, what, what do you have to like. get done? Yeah, right. in order to get them to the end, your end goal is: is it a sale? Is it multiple sales? Is it um, multiple sales with a client that will talk to you, talk to 
their friends about you? Do you want them to bring you other clients? What do you want? What do you? What is your end game? Mm. If you, if you, I, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this. Um, if you've ever heard of the, um, um, what is that book? Uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You got to start with the end in mind. Yes, it's the same thing. And then you trace your way back. All right. Okay, and then yep. when, as you trace your way back, you're closing the gaps. Um, I had a client that put a lot of money and a lot of hard work into their marketing, and they weren't—they just weren't getting the sales they needed. And all their clients, the moment they signed their clients, they would drop. And it was extremely frustrating because every month they were trying to make numbers because mm. they were trying to keep up with their numbers. They were trying to keep up with their ROI. They had massive costs. But it felt like they were running this hamster wheel constantly. Mm -hmm. And it's so frustrating. And I understand their frustration because everything they were doing was like campaign off campaign off campaign and nothing was connected. That, it sounds familiar, right? It's, it's, I think messy. everyone's gone through this. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's like a puzzle that just doesn't, you can't close the gaps. They would, they would either get a flood of leads and then those floods of leads would, would, would drift right back out. They either weren't the right leads or if they brought them in, they couldn't close the sale. Or once they signed them, they couldn't keep them going. It was like, it was a mess. But they were putting in so much money and so much time. All we did was we went in and we tweaked one step at a time. Hmm. And we redid everything. And slowly you could see the numbers change, but it came from one, optimizing each step and two, monitoring it and, and constant optimizing and adjusting and just being very agile and being open to the fact that we're here to figure out what doesn't work and what works. That's it. The monitoring, that's... <laughs> That's like, you know, file analytics on your, all your thing. I'm like, ah, I just want to sit back and have fun. I just want to, you know, I know, but, but you know what the thing <laughs> is, if you do this, if you, if you kind of, you have to think about it this way. What is the point of creating your business? What right. is, I, I, I'm sure as every entrepreneur has a dream. Mm -hmm. They want more money. They want more freedom. They want more time to travel. They want more time with their kids. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a different dream, but yeah. that's why you created your business. Sometimes you have to bite the bullet and make these adjustments for the next, you know, six months, year or two years to optimize it and automate as much as you can. But before you can automate it, you have to optimize it first so that you can have that end goal of all that freedom that you want. But mm -hmm. if you don't do it, one year, two years, three years, five years down the line, you're still going to be doing the same thing. Still on the hamster wheel. Still on the hamster wheel. And you're going to yep. be older and you're going to be more tired and you're going to have less time. Yep, absolutely. So it's either you just bite the bullet and get it over and done with, or it's probably, <laughs> you're probably not going to get to your goal. You know what I mean? Like, oh, fine. I'll start monitoring. Okay. <laughs> The hamster wheel is no fun. <laughs> no, it is. It isn't any fun. It isn't no, any it's fun. not. Uh, <laughs> no. Now. <laughs> All right. Sorry, number one was target the right audience. Number two, be steps ahead. 
Yes. Number three is most people don't realize that their current and their past customers are actually gold mines. Reason being this, your customers have already experienced you, your product, your service. They've already experienced being around you. So because they've already yeah. experienced that, they know exactly what that experience is. And yep. the thing is, they already trust you because they've already bought from you. The point is, if you th think about this, right? Getting new clients means building trust all over again. Every time you try to build a new client, you have to get over that hump of them knowing that you're trying to sell them something. And a lot of people are skeptical. They trust their friends a lot more than they trust us or you or me or anybody else. Right. Yeah, so if you've already absolutely. created and gained that trust, why are you throwing that away? My point is you have all these clients that already believe in you and already trust you, given the fact that you gave them a good experience, yes. given the fact that you took care of your clients and you really brought value. And this goes back to my point of you really have to think about bringing value from day one. Right. Because it'll pay off at the end of the day. Now, if you've already brought this to your clients and they already trust you, you've already brought them value, you've given them a good experience, you've taken care of them. Sometimes people just need a nudge. A mm -hmm. nudge in this case is a nudge for them to talk about you. A nudge for them to refer clients. That can come in different forms. One, reviews, ratings, you know, things like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Find ways to find ways to get them to talk about you. You're spending all this money and all this time getting leads and getting clients and converting them. And you're just throwing that investment away. Sorry. I now, if you figure out a way to. No, <laughs> if you figure out a way to take care of what you have and nurture those relationships and just think about ways to kind of give them a nudge to kind of promote you a little bit or advocate for you a little bit, or talk about you a little bit. Assuming they had good working relationship with you. <laughs> Assuming you did a good Absolutely. job. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, that's not a good route to and, go and, if you did a bad job. Right. And, and, and my point is, it's, it's good that you think about this too, because then you're also motivated to, to really bring value and, and take care of your clients and nurture mm -hmm. those relationships. Yes. I mean, that shouldn't motivate you, but it does. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. So yep. it works either way. And if you take care of your clients, not only will you get them to, to be able to, to, you know, and it'll be easier for you to nudge them to kind of promote for you or, yeah. or, or recommend you or whatever, you'll probably increase their lifetime value too, depending on what your product or service is. Right. And I think the other, go. That, the other thing with that too, is you're saving somebody time, no matter what you're doing, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Like even if I buy someone, you know, a pair of earrings that someone made that's saving me time because I don't have to go to the store. I'm supporting you. And I didn't have to make the earrings. Exactly. I tried that. I did exactly. try that once. I, I did buy it like a, a whole <laughs> earring making kit. You know, I made a few different ones. They're fun. I still wear them. Um, but I was like, nope, this is not going to be a business model for me because that is just way too tedious. <laughs> but I did try it for a hot sec. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, you could try everything once, right? Yes. Now (laughs) I would just much rather purchase earrings. Yes. Already made. Not. Yes. Oh, yes. Sorry. That was a total distracted, but I think you're, you're right on with just the idea of, you know, you're helping someone, you're saving them money. You're also saving them time and time is absolutely more valuable than money. Yes. Yeah. So, so if you do these three things and you keep the end in mind and, and, and you, you keep all this in mind and you structure it and just be agile and keep experimenting, I, I guarantee you, you at some point you're going to get where you, you want to be. So when we talk about funnels, what is your favorite funnel? I don't think I have one. I think every, um, Every brand, every campaign, every, every product, every service is different. I don't think I have a favorite. I think I get excited when I see things work. Mm. For me, there's nothing more fun than, like I said, taking that passion of an entrepreneur or, or the value of a product and a service and being able to communicate it and seeing the joy of the person who's receiving that value. Mm-hmm. And just know that you were a part in creating that. That's so much fun to me. Mm. Or like seeing a campaign work or like testing out, you know, 10 different things and trying to finally finding the right thing that works. It's like hitting a jackpot. It's so fun. That but is a cool, you're like, that is I don't a know fun how that part. is. That's yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm only relating it as far as like podcasts. I'm like, whatever you're talking about, I'm going, yeah. When I see someone and watch one of my clients launch their podcast, like I get what yeah. you're saying for lingo. <laughs> yeah. Right. You're, and you're completely right. You should relate it back to what you're doing. You know what I mean? So it works. And for me, I, yeah, like I said, I don't have a favorite. So when I think of funnels, I think of click funnels and I think of landing page and, you know, maybe a, a trip yeah. or whatever. Like uh, that's why I yeah. picture a funnel. And I think what's really fun to me is when I can create a different type of funnel where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you have a podcast at the top and that's where you're drawing your, your people. And it kind of like does this circle-y kind of funnel. But mm-hmm. I think some people are so stuck on, it has to look just like this person's funnel in order for it to work. And that's so not the case. I love how you said everybody's different. So if you don't have a favorite funnel, do you have a favorite funnel host? I have a favorite method that I use. Okay. Share. So what's your favorite method? I use the customer journey. Okay. And the reason I use the customer journey is because you're never going to understand your customers unless you walk in their shoes. That's the only way. So if you ask me what my, I don't have a favorite funnel. I well, that is my favorite funnel. That is my favorite method is using the customer journey. Because at the end of the day, like I said, if we're going back to dating, if we're going back to, to, to bringing them through the funnel, you have to walk in their shoes. Yeah. So my question is, where, where are you holding their hand and taking them? If, you, if you've never walked in their shoes, you don't know how they feel. You don't know what attracts them. You don't know what's going to get them to, to kind of stop the screen and watch you. You don't know what's going to capture the, get, uh, capture their um, attention. You don't know what's going to engage them. You don't know what's going to, um, you know, get them hooked on you. You don't know how they're going to convert. How would you know if you didn't walk in their shoes? And this goes back to being really specific with who you're talking to. Mm. 
So for me, I swear by the customer journey. I even have a course on this. <laughs> do you really? Okay, let's, I do, talk, let's talk about it. All right. It's what? <laughs> it's in Thai. It's not in English. <laughs> I might oh, come got, up with an English one later. got some work to do. <laughs> I can't, I don't know I Thai. I can't take a course in Thai. <laughs> How does that help me? <laughs> I might, I'm, I'm actually in discussion to do an English one soon. Okay. So you, you actually have two courses, right? Okay. So I've got one course that's already out and I actually had one other one, but now I've got two or three more in the pipeline. Oh, you're getting fancy. And these, <laughs> I mean, it's not, it wasn't me just recording a course and putting it up. Um, I was fortunate enough to have companies um, uh, contact me and ask me to develop these courses for their companies. So um, oh. their, their online education uh, websites, uh, you know, similar to like masterclass and stuff like that. And then I've got another recruitment company that I'm in discussion with there. They want to do HR development and they asked me to create these courses for them. Yeah. If I get English ones out, I'll let you know <laughs> soon. <laughs> All right, I was like, let me go check out your course. No. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you can follow my IG though. I put a lot of stuff up on there. Yes, I do. I already do. I already, I think I liked a whole bunch of it. Is that your main, that's your main thing, right? That's my main thing. Yeah. So for anybody who wants to get in touch, they want yeah. to know more. Um, I also, I also have a program where I have a coaching program for people who, for entrepreneurs who kind of want to get a structured uh, conversion path, like a personalized conversion path for their business. I coach and I help a lot of SMEs and entrepreneurs who, who can't get enough leads, who do uh, want a conversion path and help them shape it. I, I work with entrepreneurs like this all the time. So people get in touch with me through IG all the time. All right. Yeah. Um, awesome. So Instagram is the easiest way to get in touch with me. I might take a little bit longer sometimes to answer, but I always answer. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I, I think you've been pretty uh, on the spot for Instagram messaging as far as, I mean, our time zones are so different. So I think that's something to consider too. I am um, late at night for me and early in the morning for you. So <laughs> yeah. So, so what I do want to offer for your listeners, Amy, is I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick four people from your audience who message me and have heard, you know, this podcast for the first four people who get in touch with me through Instagram and reach out to me. I'm happy to do like a 30, 40 minute, like free consultation. Ooh, wait, that's amazing. All right. Um, because I think, I think people who listen to your podcast are, are, as I understand it, are women entrepreneurs who, who want to grow their business. Right. Absolutely. So you know what? I'm happy to do it. Thank you. I'm happy to do it. Just reach out with, to me on Instagram. Um, I will, I will, I might take a little while to answer if I, if I don't see the messages, but I will. And I'm happy to do 30 to 40 minutes. Um, as long as you kind of explain to me what your business is, what you're struggling with to, to maybe give you um, some insight on if I were in your place, what I would do. I love it. I love it. I could talk to you for hours. All right. Anisha, um, I will make sure that your IG is uh, all the places I'll tag you obviously. Um, and I'll put it in the show notes too. So if someone's listening um, and they want to read the show notes, they can find you there and go that way too. Uh, thank you so very much. I enjoyed talking thank to you. you. This was so fun. It was. I think we got a, a few good laughs in there and I got to go work on my 
my dating. You know, I've been out of the dating <laughs> for so long. I'm not sure I remember. <laughs> I love using that comparison because I think people get it right away. Yeah. Sometimes they, they they take the human touch out of their marketing. Yes. Absolutely. And you know what? The person across the screen or across whatever it is you're doing is human. Yeah. Yeah. I I posted a reel um and I just you know, I'm like, this is a blooper one. It's one I just, I goofed up and I'm like, you know what? I don't know why I saved it, but I saved it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to post this one because this is ridiculous <laughs> that I have like this, here I am. I preach all the time about imperfect action and I have to make it perfect. Like, why am I struggling with making sure it's perfect for one? It's a stinking reel. It's not even like anything I'm, you know, whatever. Anyway, you, gotta experiment total, and you know what I'm saying? But, and it's, you know, it's fun. Like something still has to be fun and dating is fun. Dating and, is fun. Not maybe, you know I don't what? think I would like in dating now in 2020, 2021. <laughs> take that back. Dating was fun. <laughs> and you know, you know what? I think, I think going back to your reel, I think you putting up that blooper, I think it makes people be able to relate to you more than if everything was perfect. I don't want everything perfect. Yeah, no. it shouldn't be. No, I think there's, I think that's one thing that I can't stand about Instagram is, and I've said this in multiple episodes, um, it's just like, everything has to be perfect. There's a few things that bug me, but that's one of them. Like whether yeah. it's your branding or your grid or your reels and everything's like perfectly timed. And I'm like, I have, you know, income producing activities to do. And reels right now is not an income producing activity. It is fun <laughs> and it is helping me with reach, but does not give me any, it, not right now. No, yeah. it doesn't. Um, yeah. But I understand you have to do them and I, I get it. Absolutely. I'll, I'll play the game, but it's, it's part of that customer journey. You got to think about yeah. <laughs> it's not straight to conversion. No. But, but it attracts people and it'll make them relate to you and right. which will help your conversions ultimately. Right. But it so is not a direct, it, right? it is not a no, direct, like, Hey, if I work and do this, you know, strategy call and I book this and I close this, like that is a direct, like that's a money-making activity right there. This real spending five minutes on it or spending two hours on it, you know? Yeah. There's a difference. Definitely a difference. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to get sidetracked here now. And that's not, that's not the goal. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Uh, it was a joy and a pleasure to have you. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening in to The Amy Williams Show. For more about this episode or how you can start your own podcast, go check out theamywilliams.com. If you have a moment, would you please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher? It's seriously one of the biggest compliments you could give. Also, come find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok using the handle at The Amy Williams Show. Can't wait to see you over there. And don't forget, you are not made for a small life. It's time for you to go after it and live out your purpose. See you next week.